Welcome, friends, to The Word is Resistance, a podcast of showing up for racial justice or surge. This is the podcast where we explore the weekly Christian scripture readings with an eye toward racial justice and collective liberation. My name is Nicola Torbett. I use she and her pronouns, and I'm recording this at my home, which is on the ancestral and unceded homelands of the Ohlone people in what is now known as Oakland, California. Today, I'm here with my friend, housemate, and fellow Bible nerd and anti-racist Christian, Reverend Jean Jeffress. Jean, why don't you say a little bit about yourself? Hey, all. This is Reverend Jean Jeffress, they, them. Um, I live also on the unceded and ancestral homelands of the Ohlone people because Nicola and I actually live in the same house. And we are on Zoom right now in different rooms because that's the 21st century. Um, I'm a pastor in the United Church of Christ in the Northern California Nevada Conference and glad to be here with you today. Thanks, Jean. This podcast is aimed at white Christians like us who want to, dis- who want to respond to the call to dismantle white supremacy. We recognize that as white Christians, we have our own particular work to do that it is our responsibility to learn how to resist the forces of white Christian supremacy from which we've benefited and with which we are otherwise complicit. We are seeking to find and uproot white supremacy wherever it shows up, including in our own Christian tradition. And from there, we are seeking to follow the leadership of people of color as we build up a new, more joyful, more just world. We are building up a new world. That's also the name of the song you are hearing throughout this podcast. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the freedom movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December, 2014, being led by minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use this song for our podcast. For the past few weeks, Jean and I have both been working with the lectionary texts from the book of James and just really appreciating a guy who can say point blank, it ought not be so. I mean, James is really telling folks about themselves in this book, their tendency toward favoritism, I should say our tendency (laughs) toward favoritism, self-promotion, unrighteous talk, impure motives, all the stuff of being human. Let's turn to this week's passage from James now. So we're in the book of James, chapter 3, verses uh, 13 through 4, 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show your good life that works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, Do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? 
You want something and you do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot attain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask but do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Hmm. So that's the scripture. There's a lot going on there. James is done. He's just done with these people. With whatever whatever it was, he's done. (laughs) Right. And I... I preached on James from chapter one, where he says, be quick to, to listen and slow to speak. And then again, from chapter three, which of course I'm blanking on right now, but it'll come back to me. The taming um, of the tongue passage, right? Oh yes. Taming of the tongue. And in every instance, he's, it's like some, whatever he's responding to, um, there was some serious shenanigans in the communities that he was writing to, and he's done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's sort of a, because I preached also on the um, part from chapter two, which is about favoritism or partiality to the rich over the poor. And in each case, I feel like there's this like holding up of a mirror, like James is saying, look at yourself, look at yourself. Get mm-hmm. honest with yourself. Wait, mm-hmm. you see what you're doing, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, he, I feel like he's, he's teaching spiritual practice, mm-hmm. you know, listening more than you talk is a spiritual practice. We don't do that in this world because the world is so very loud mm-hmm. and we're afraid we're going to get talked over mm-hmm. and and taming of the tongue. I mean, we just don't live in a tongue tamed time. I mean, anyone can get on TikTok and say like anything they want, anytime they want. And it's not that somebody doesn't take super crazy stuff down off TikTok, but it can be up there for a while. And then it's just out there like, bouncing around in the universe of the internet. I mean, I I said in my sermon, imagine if only the tamest tongues were allowed to talk to us about the COVID over the last 18 months. Mm. How might it be different? Mm. You know, so he's he's teaching about humility. He's teaching about the, you know, spiritual practice, about surrender. Listening is a lot about surrender. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just saying that y'all, you guys aren't doing this. <laughs> right. It's not, you know, and here's why, because you're tempted by these, these, this way of living that just is not in line with the spirit. I was really, yeah, I was really struck by, um, you want something and do not have it. So you commit murder. Yes. You know, like it's very dramatic. But in a yes. way, it's the story of the colonization of this country. Yep. You want something and it's not yours. So you just slaughter. Yep. It's whiteness in a nutshell. 
It is. And it's, it's colonialism in a nutshell. And, and it's easy for people, I think, pew dwellers to listen to this and be like, well, I never committed murder. Right. But we live in the land of murder. You know, you want free labor. So you commit murder to get it. You want the land. It's not, it's not land. It's not, doesn't belong to you. So you commit murder. Yeah. It's the whole. Yep. You want access to oil. So you go to war. Yeah. Right. And we're, we're, we're complicit in all of this murder. Yes. Yeah, we are. And then this moment, I'm like, no wonder people don't want to talk about this because I'm like, oh, bummer. (laughs) Yeah. So it seems to me like there's something here around like getting honest about your motives. Um, Like where is their envy and selfish ambition? Right. Even in the way that we work with other white people, I feel like that comes up, right? Like this desire to be the more woke white person. Oh, or, man. Or yeah. to get some kind of recognition for doing the anti racist work. You know, it comes up in me sometimes. And yeah. So there's something here about just like looking at our motives. Yeah, wherever there are selfish envy and selfish ambition, there will be disorder and wickedness of every kind. Wickedness of every kind. Every kind, not just like a few kinds, all <laughs> the kinds, kind. all the kinds of wickedness. Um, and the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. Yeah. I mean, that comes up. Uh, yeah. You're talking about in activism circles. You want to be the woke one. You want to be, you want to be the one that like, gets all the kudos for whatever. And that comes up in ministry too, because there's definitely celebrity preachers or, you know, celebrity pastors. And it's like, I'm not sure ministry is something we should get famous for. (laughs) Oh, it's so disappointing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not sure any of this is stuff. I'm not sure anti-racist work is like something we should be trying to get famous for. Mm. Or build up our egos around, you know? Yeah. Even if we get recognized. Yeah. And then that's being contrasted with this other thing, right? But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. Um, yeah, that's, that's a whole different thing that has so much humility in it. And yeah, this gentleness keeps coming up in this passage. Yeah. I mean, and, and James, I think he he's, he's addressing if he's a, he, I used they in my sermon because first of all, I like to confuse my congregation. And second of all, I don't know how James identified, but, or who knows who James even was. Um, but um, yeah, he, he's, he's going on, they're going on about, 
these, this humility, they're going on about, yeah, I forgot my past. I forgot what I was going to say. That's the honest to God truth. It'll come back to me. You say something now. Um, yeah, I am intrigued by a couple things here. Um, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. I'm curious about this asking wrongly thing. Um, I don't know quite what to make of it. I wondered if you had thoughts on that. Well, I think it gets back to what you were saying about motives. Mm. What's your motives for asking? You know, are you asking, um, you know, because you, you, out of humility and a place of not knowing or a place of actually wanting to learn? Mm. Or are you asking out of a place of um, tell me what I want to hear or um, yeah, just, just out of a, like a, a place. I don't want to say impure. That's what is that? I don't talk like that out of a, um, just an untrue place. Untrue. Asking wrongly. Um, asking not because you actually want the answer. Yeah. But because you want something else. And, uh, but yeah, for, for, for him to then talk about spend it on your pleasures. Is he talking about material things? It's hard to know. I do know that he, that this writer is addressing in specific leaders of the church. Mm. So church leaders, religious leaders are really on the hot seat in this, Mm. you know, in this, you know, in, in, in the taming of the tongue chapter that we were just in, the first thing he says is not many of you should be teachers because you'll be judged a lot more strictly. Mm-hmm. And he talks about about that. So, you know, he's a is he addressing? It's like who is the audience? Is it is it like the regular folks, or is he talking to other leaders, other teachers in the church? Mm-hmm. But right. I guess I guess we don't know because the authorship is disputed. You know what's coming to mind about this um, asking wrongly is yeah it's it's about the motives like you were saying and it's making me think about um so as you know but our listeners may not know i um ran a nonprofit organization called seminary of the street for several years um it was sort of the way that i got my seminary education but also i definitely had a desire to kind of be somebody or like be important or have that organization be important or like achieve something significant. And I feel like that really got in the way of some of the mission of the organization to serve, you know, and to actually be a place where people could ask honest questions. And I feel like these, these motives can really get in the way of doing the work that God is calling. And that instead there's something in this passage about like attuning your desire with God's desire. 
So it's not like for my selfish advancement, but it's for whatever God is doing in the world, you know? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right on. I think that that, are you asking when, you know, because you want to be somebody Mm -hmm. or are you asking because you want to add to the community? Yeah. You know, are you asking to single yourself out? to, you know, to looking for distinguishment among your fellows, so to speak, or are you asking because out of a humility, a humility and, but I, I, I guess I'm unclear as to what exactly he, the author saying we are asking for, you're asking, asking you do not receive. I feel uh, like it's this envy and selfish ambition thing. Yeah, I mean, because it's right on the heels of that. You want something, you commit murder, you covet something to attain, you engage in dispute. So literally, he's they're talking about stealing stuff from people or killing them to get it. Or I, I think this whole disputes and conflicts could refer to dragging people through the courts. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you covet something and you cannot attain it. So you basically drag people through the courts So, and then it's like, you don't have the things like, you know, you don't have these things, which to me equal kind of security. Mm -hmm. You don't have it because you don't ask. And then you don't receive it because you ask wrongly. Cause yeah, it's like, you're asking, are you asking to puff yourself up or are you asking because you actually want to contribute to a greater good or to a bigger community or something? Yeah. Yeah, it just brings me back to this thing that that I have to continually return to, which is that God is the source. God is what I need, not, you know, public renown or fame or all these other things or false senses of security or esteem, you know, this thing about draw near to God. Yeah, God will draw near to you. I love that. But yeah. it is, it's like, then, then you have to orient yourself toward God and not these other things. Right. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah. It's like, are you asking? Yeah, I'm having a lot of thoughts. I can't, I can't get them. I can't get them organized, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that kind of sinks it down to the bottom in a way, you know, mm. that, that just like draw, you know, what you need is God. What you need is, uh, it's like in recovery, you know, you get recovery and they say to put your recovery first, because whatever else you put first, you're going to lose. You put Mm, your career first or whatever you put prestige first, you put being puffed up first and you're going to lose this. It doesn't mean that you're going to go off your recover necessarily like for me, it would be drinking because I'm sober, but it does mean that you, I'm going to get miserable really fast. Mm. Like it's like from zero to miserable pretty <laughs> fast these days. Mm. And what I'm always reminded of is it doesn't matter. All those things don't matter. I need that. I need that closeness to, to higher power. I need that closeness, that sense of, of that closeness and that connection, because without it, nothing actually, nothing else actually matters. It's all soured. Mm. And so in terms of 
since this is a podcast that we're talking about these scriptures through the lens of anti-racism, you know, white supremacy and whiteness caused that souring because they tell us that, um, you know, and it's all tied in with capitalism. So it's like the idea of what's successful and then everything's based on, um, everything's based on the model of the white man. Yes. You know, the white Christian man, you know, kind of like, you know, the founders of this country, the white landowning Christian man that hasn't actually changed mm. what, what, what we're supposed to base everything on. Right. Our experience, everything from like the way our bodies look, mm. what we would desire uh, in our lives for happiness, what is success, um, what educated is what it is to be educated, how to speak. Um, it like gets into our, it works its way into our desires mm. and pleasures. Yes. You know, and so I think there's, you know, we're seeing the queering of that now in a really serious way where people are just not having it. Yeah. And there, there's a huge, and, and so the pushback's going to be real. It is real because that's been the power. Yes. Over us in like, not just over us in terms of what we can do and controlling like things like housing, employment, and like way, the way we can just be in the world, but the way that, um, the way that we are organized inside of our beings, mm. Mm, you know? Yes. And so I think, you know, if I was going to let Rick really put this under that microscope, this scripture, I would say, I would exegete or not exegete hermeneuticize, you know, how we talk about that around here. I would, her, I would do the, some hermeneutical gymnastics to, to say that James, you know, he could be talking about that. Yes. That idea that like something outside of the people had gotten into them mm. to cause them to pursue this wickedness of every kind, this, and it could very well be Rome. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when he says devilish, yeah. yeah, that could very well be Rome empire. Yeah. And it could also be uh, things outside of, of Jewish tradition. It could, mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely some prejudice that, that James could be having around because this is, this is early church. I would say James, I'm going to say that James is third century. Some would argue James is written by the brother of Jesus, but that would have had to been in the early sixties before he was martyred before James, that person that we know to be the brother of Jesus was martyred. Um, So I'm saying third century. And so this is early church. This is also James being, you know, the apostle to the, to the Jews and Paul being apostle to the Gentiles. So some of this could be in response to Paul, could be in response to what James could have perceived as a watering down of, of the Jewish tradition because mm-hmm. Gentiles were coming. So there's definitely, we can't make it, we can't just inject our altruism onto it completely. Right. But if we're going to, if we're going to do hermeneutic, hermeneutical gymnastics, 
we could definitely, because there's no doubt they were living under empire yes. with a Roman supremacy, with people vying for power and a good place. Uh, nobody, nobody's trying to get crucified again. You know what I'm saying? Like right. there's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I talked a lot for someone who uh, preached about not talking a lot the last couple of weeks. I just talked a lot. <laughs> so why don't you talk? Right. That was great. Um, yeah. I was thinking about that, just an honor shame society, you know, and the way that Rome Greco-Roman culture was all oriented around, you know, acquiring honor and avoiding shame and that that leads in this direction of envy and selfish ambition. Yeah. Um, so I can feel that in here. And I, I, there was something in the way I loved the connections you were making to how white supremacy gets inside us. Yes. And I think, I don't know, there's something in this passage that reminds me that we are socialized to give our lives to defending a lie as Ooh. white people. You know, yes. there's this fundamental lie of white supremacy that or that has structured this society and we're supposed to protect it. We're supposed to, I mean, and it's personal too. Like the lie is that everything that I have, I deserve. Or oh, I yeah. earned it. That's right? a great but lie. It's a meritocracy and I somehow earned it. Right. You no, know that this is all based on, theft of land and labor. Right. And then fake science to categorize us, to make, right. to make, to make the differences uh, that serve the power structure um, biological and scientific. Yes. You know, also uh, while simultaneously, ali simultaneously aligning itself with God. So, you know, oppression tries to have it every way. Yes. It's God, yes. it's God given. No, it's scientific. It's like, make up your mind. It's all but um, but I, I have that quote we talked about. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's Octavia Butler. So this is what Octavia Butler yeah, says about let's use lies. That to, let's use that to close. Yeah. So, uh, so here we hear it. This is from Octavia Butler. Uh, she says, beware. All too often, we say what we hear others say. We think what we're told that we think. We see what we're permitted to see. Worse. We see what we're told to see, or we're, we're, we're see, we see what we're told we see. Repetition and pride are the keys to this. To hear and to see even an obvious lie again and again and again may be to say it almost by reflex, then to defend it because we've said it, and at last to embrace it because we've defended it. And because we cannot admit that we've embraced and defended an obvious lie. Thus, without thought, without intent, we make mere echoes of ourselves. And we say what we hear others say. Octavia E. Butler. And I will put that in the transcript. Thank you.
So your call to action this week. Uh, first of all, we'd like to invite you to get honest about your motivations for the various things you're doing in your life. Is there any sense in which you are trying to prove something, gain something, be recognized, achieve renown, anything like that? Just practice noticing and admitting when these motives come up because they will, they're human and they're not dangerous unless they're allowed to grow and breed in secret. That's when they're at risk of running us. And as a second call to action this week, we invite you to download the community safety for all congregational toolkit to find ways that your congregation can work to disrupt our tendency to commit murder in order to get or keep what we have, specifically by engaging with the institution of policing, which we know can be deadly to black, black, blah, black and brown folks and indigenous folks. More information about the community toolkit uh, and a link to download it can be found in the transcript. And that's what we've got for you this week, everyone. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think of this episode and the work we're doing here generally. What are you making of it? How are your own movement struggles unfolding? And what are you learning from those? You can interact with us on our Facebook page, look for Surge Faith, and at our, our podcast lives on SoundCloud, search for the word is resistance. And I think we're on Spotify too. And we appreciate your feedback very much and are especially eager to hear from BIPOC folks and people who are not Christians. How are we doing? What's working and what's not? We'd love your input. And don't forget to tune in next week for another resistance word from the lectionary text for September 26th. Finally, we want to thank our sound editor this week, Max Pearl. Thanks, Max. Love you so much. And that's it for now, friends. So many blessings to you for exceptional revelations, deep transformation and loving connection as we build up a new world. Until next time, I'm Jean Jeffress. And I'm Nicola Torbett.